Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the April 18th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And do we know what April 18th is here (laughs) in the States today? It means if you didn't do your taxes and you woke up today, you're in trouble. Pretty much. Yeah, that's what April 18th is. It's the day you go, oh, insert sensor beep. Exactly. So just for those that have done it, congratulations. For those that have not. You may want to get on that. Like, right now. At least file your extension. Yes, absolutely. One thing that we found out about filing extensions is that Even if you file an extension, you still have to pay what you think you owe by the end of today. So you have to have that off to the IRS by the end of the due date in April. Neither of us had filed an extension before. We didn't do it this year, but this was previously. And uh, yeah, oops. Oops. You still have to file. I mean, the extension only gives you time to give them the numbers but you still have to at least estimate what you think you owe them and pay them. So that's just a friendly word of advice from people that have done it. For sure. So today, speaking of money, we're going to talk a little bit about money and finances. And then to wrap things up, we're going to talk about something cool and free. So we have a little bit of both for you today. But first, an announcement on how you can save some money. What would that be? That would be for those that have been following us know that the spring 15 coupon code, we thought it was going to expire on March 31st. Well, it decided to not expire. These things have a mind of their own. It decided to not expire until April 30th. We were having fun with it. And it's so beautiful here now, finally, that we decided to extend it for you guys. So you can still save 15% on all digital offerings that we have. You are welcome to take advantage of that. Spring 15. You can do it all lowercase. There's no dashes or anything. It's just the word spring and the number's 1-5. And you'll need to put that in at checkout. Exactly. So let's move on to finances. So there are ways, and we're talking probably years ago, where you could call up your bank, type in your account number, type in your PIN, and get information about your accounts and balances and i think you could even transfer money that way from account to account which for the time was kind of cool now that everybody's moved over to the internet we've seen drastic changes in the way that financial institutions are accessible or not sometimes you could find ways around doing it online but sometimes they were not accessible you just couldn't do it Now, fast forward to 2023, and there are a lot of institutions that are accessible. There are also ways to manage your money that are accessible. And of course, we're not showing any of the stuff. But it's a good discussion to have because we know many people who still call those automated bank numbers on your phone to find out what you have in there. But you really don't have a lot of methods doing that to, say, transfer money or withdraw money or something like that say to make a payment or to switch it somewhere else whatever that may be and what banks are doing now not just banks but everybody else 
is making sure that things work well on mobile devices. While websites still certainly have a place and there are still certainly places that are more accessible via a browser, via a web browser, the apps are the way of the future. I went to an institution a couple of days ago and logged in and they noticed I was on a web browser and they said, get the app or continue with web browser. So they gave you the option to continue with web browser or you could get the app. Now, it may have thought that I was on a mobile device. I don't have a monitor connected to my computer. And I also forget half the time to maximize my window. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably say 90% of the time I forget to maximize my window. Because websites are smarter than they used to be, they could tell how big your screen is. So it may have thought I was on a mobile device with a mobile something and says, okay, go get the app. That's kind of how it was. The nice thing about apps and mobile banking is I placed an order for something that was, shall we say, extravagant. And I got a text message from the bank instantly that said, you know, it was a fraud alert. Did you really make this transaction? I hit yes. And it goes, okay, submit the transaction again. So I did. And everything went fine. So, and these alerts, these type of things, they're new within the last probably three years or so. Yeah, maybe a little bit more than that, but they're definitely yeah. new. It's, you know, so. What's happening in many instances, though, is that banks, particularly larger banks, are paying attention to accessibility and changing things up. I remember a bank that I used years ago. I always used the website because the app was just, uh, not good. When they redid their app, I never used the site anymore. I never touch it. I only use the app because the app is so nice. You can be in and out, check your statements, double check everything and pay in five or 10 minutes and you're done. You know, you don't have to struggle with anything. And that's just because you're looking at an entire statement. So you can easily get the information that you want and change the things that you want quickly. So if you want to change between accounts or make a payment or whatever that is, you can do so quickly and easily. And many times what you're looking at in these apps, for those who haven't played, are things like radio buttons, pickers, edit fields to type in, things like that. And buttons, of course, to submit or perhaps links. So those are usually the type of controls that are used in a situation like this. Exactly. If you're familiar with your device or filling out a form and kind of know your way around a device, then you can access this information. And it's really nice because you can see really up to date on what's going on with your money. If we you had that it... happen just the other day. We spent something and then we almost immediately got that something refunded. We were like, oh man. And we went into our bank and both those transactions were processing the mm-hmm. refund and the one where we spent the money initially. So right. we had to wait several days to figure out what was going to happen with that. But we were able to look at it and kind of watch the entire time. So you can watch the authorizing or processing transactions pretty much immediately. Yes. And there is, for those that are fans of Intuit, Intuit is a company that's got its fingers in a lot of pies. Like TurboTax is made by Intuit. So when we even talked about the little introduction here about tax day, you know, you kind of seeing how TurboTax is. TurboTax is very accessible to do your taxes. If you have one W-2, it's actually free. If you have more than that, then you would have to pay like a 1099 and things like that. 
but TurboTax is accessible. Absolutely. I've used TurboTax for about three years, and Kim's used it for longer than that. Yep. So that's kind of nice to know that those options are there. And they also have a service called Mint, which you connect your accounts to. You connect your checking accounts to it, your credit cards, your loans, your property even. If you own a home, you can put your property in there and it will calculate and keep a running tab of your financial health. It can even monitor your credit, which is really kind of cool. So you have everything in really one place. So you can open up Mint and you can see you know, what your money's doing at any time. If you have investments, if you have a savings account, it tells you like how much quote cash quote you have, even though most of it's virtual cash, it can tell you that. So that's kind of a neat thing. And again, you have to be willing to connect your accounts to this service. But it can give you a really good overall picture of what's going on with you financially, particularly if you're in a situation where you want to really watch your finances and make sure that things are okay or work towards consciously improving your financial situation, then a service like this could potentially be useful. There are lots of others. This is just one. Correct. There are several that do this. There are services that can tell you when to pay your bills and can, you know, just do all kinds of things. But again, you have to hook up to them. I believe Mint has a feature too that allows you to negotiate your bills. They will negotiate your bills on your behalf to try and lower them. I have not tried that, so I don't know how effective it really is. I assume that's if you've gotten really behind or you owe a really significant amount, perhaps. No, it's your future bills. Oh. You can lower your future bills. They take some kind of cut or something. I forget what it is if they can lower your bill. So what would you say to someone who is still attempting to do their financials using a non-smartphone and a computer, perhaps, and are getting really frustrated with that method? I don't know. I mean, if it's working for you, then continue to, you know, have it work for you. But as we know, services from companies can come and go. So if it is working for you, then continue to have it work for you. I think I would just add to that to be conscious of the fact that in many instances, websites aren't getting the amount of love that apps are at this stage, going back to what we were talking about earlier. So a company's focus may be much more app-driven because 80 or 90% of the people using that company to do whatever they do, banking or whatever, are using an app versus a PC or a Mac. So just something to note. Obviously, if you're part of a financial institution, hopefully everything that you're doing is accessible. Many times the focus will be on the app. So on your iOS or your Android version of said company's app. So know that while the site exists and is there, if there's ever a time when that changes, you're going to use many of the same skill sets that you've learned on a website, combo boxes, edit boxes, radio buttons, etc., that you would use in an app. So you're going to have some of those skills, but you're going to potentially at some point need to transfer those over to another way of doing things. And I know that can be scary. There's also the piece in there about if other people are actually doing your banking, as in taking you to cash your checks and things like that, or taking you so you can transfer 
two other accounts or something along those lines, just consider that perhaps it may be time to work on finding more accessible, independent ways of doing that. One thing that's actually kind of cool that has been around for a few years is the ability to cash a check or not really cash a check, but to deposit a check into your checking account, a physical paper check using your phone. You would take a picture of the check and you would submit it to the bank. And that's good enough for the bank because cameras these days are very detailed and they can take pictures of the checks, which is really nice. There's nothing better than just sitting in your living room and taking a picture of a check in order to have it deposited. And sometimes that money will show up in like a day or two. And there are ways to learn to do that independently, too which is great. It's going to take a little work. It may take a stamp or a visual interpreting service or some other little gadgets to help you get there, but it is a doable process. Mm -hmm. And he's right. It is really sweet to see that money just show up. (laughs) I actually did it once on a Friday because I had a friend come over and he owed me money, but he didn't have any cash on him, which was kind of not normal for this person. And he took a picture of his check with my phone, deposit it right into the account. And I think I saw it on a Sunday, which was interesting. So we just wanted to have a little conversation about finances and tell people what was out there, what was accessible, how far we've come over the years. And we have come a very, very, very long way. Oh, that reminds me of one other thing I wanted to add. Going back to banks and financial institutions, there are a lot of these banks now that don't have physical branches. And in many instances, the only way you can use them is via an app. So in many instances with these, there's no branches. There's nowhere to go. And in many instances, there may not be a phone number. So you would do everything via chat. That's kind of the way of the future. You've got chat, you've got, you know, potentially email support, but phone numbers in many instances are no longer a thing for a lot of companies. And that's only continuing to grow. The good news about that is that the online chat is often faster. The other good news about it is they're way more accessible. Ten years ago, I would be holding my breath. Is this chat going to work? Is it accessible? Is it (laughs) flash-based? And you just didn't know. Now, 99% of chats that I visit, no problems whatsoever. So that's also something that's kind of a new thing, is being able to go to these banks that are strictly online and there's no physical location for them. And depending on what you're doing, that may work perfectly for you. Our phone service, for example has no phone number, no way to contact anybody, no way to call, which is kind of funny because they're a phone service. But what you do is to get technical support, you do everything via chat, which was an interesting experience when my Apple Watch wouldn't connect. But once the Apple Watch connected, I've had no reason to use chat. I've had no reason to use support. Things have just worked, but you're dealing with chat. You're in a queue, at least in this specific situation, you're in a queue and you can see how many people are ahead of you and all this other stuff. And then when you connect to the chat, chat was pretty accessible as well. Yeah. So that's just some information about what's out there and what may be coming based on things we've seen in the last five and 10 years. Now let's change gears and talk about something that will cost you no money to access unless you want to get rid of ads. We are going to talk about an app, but a note, you can also visit a website equivalent, and we're going to talk about LibriVox. 
and I've pre-recorded a nice little LibriVox demo for you, so we hope you enjoy it. Today we're going to talk about a way to access thousands of free audiobooks. Yes, I said free audiobooks. And you can use a free app to do it. This is the LibriVox app. L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X. You can also visit the website L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X.org to access books there as well. But the app is such a nice, seamless solution to get to LibriVox books. So there are 10,000 free books available. All of these books are in the public domain and they are read by volunteers, many of whom really should be professionals because they are that good. The app does have some drawbacks. It's available for iOS and Android, but you will find a few drawbacks to it. However, I still think it is probably the most succinct way to access LibriVox titles that I have found thus far. You may find others. If you have a blind shell, for instance, you can access LibriVox titles that way. So that's another way to get books. And there may be advantages to that for you. It really just depends on what you use. But I'm really glad that I went ahead and downloaded the app. It's got really high ratings in the App Store. Even more importantly than that, though, it is exceedingly accessible, which is great. So I'm going to show you on the iPhone, and you can check it out for Android yourself if you wish. I will leave links to both so that you can check them out and download them yourself. For now, though, I'm going to unlock my phone and give you a tour. Envelope. Sign. Open LibriVox. LibriVox. Favorites. Button. One of three. So here we go. LibriVox. And the first thing I want to do is show you the tabs along the bottom. So I'm going to go to the bottom left of the screen. Tab bar. Selected. Favorites. Tab. One of five. We have the favorites tab, and that's where it's put me by default. Catalog. Tab. Two of five. Catalog. Collections. Tab. Three of five. Collections. Search. Tab. Four of five. Search. Settings. Tab. Five of five. And settings. Let's look at settings first. So I double tapped, and now I'm going to touch four fingers toward the top of the screen. Settings. Heading. Settings. Heading. And then I just flicked left once, and sure enough, I am at the top of the screen. There's the settings heading. Let's move to the right. Account. Heading. This is account. Subscriptions. Button. So this is a subscriptions button, and I actually do have an ad-free subscription to this. If you download this, the free version does have ads, and they're everywhere. <laughs> and while it doesn't affect the accessibility of the app, it will eventually, at least for me, it was driving me nuts. So I went ahead and subscribed. And it was less than $3 a year. I think it was like $247 or $249 or something like that for an ad-free annual subscription. So, you know, come on. So that's what I chose to do. Sign in to sync your books and settings across devices. Sign in to sync your books and settings across devices. This is really cool. I haven't played with this yet, but I probably will. I don't exactly know how this works, and I'm going to show you why. Because... Sign in with Apple. Button. I'm just flicking right. You can sign in with Apple, but there's also... Sign in. Button. Sign in. I'm not entirely sure this did not bring up what I thought was the standard sign-in form. Let me show you. Sign-in. Alert. LibriVox wants to use opening double quotation mark Google.com to sign-in. I don't know why it says it wants to use Google.com to sign-in, unless this is actually sign-in with Google and it just doesn't say that. This allows the app and website to share information about you. Cancel. Button. Continue. Button. So you can cancel or continue. I'm going to cancel out for now. Cancel. Button. Settings. Heading. And it's put me back at the top. As you know, if you've listened to any of my demos before, I hate when apps do that, but I'll get over it. Account. Heading. Subscriptions. Sign in to sync your books. Sign in with Apple. Sign in. Button. 
So there's that kind of unlabeled sign-in button that appears to be using Google. There doesn't seem to be a way, in other words, to sign up for an actual account, put in an email address and password. That's often what I prefer to do. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned, but that's what I like to do in terms of some of these things. I don't always like to sign in with my Google or my Apple or whatever. So you do have the option. It's not something that I have currently played with, but it is available to you. Display name. This is display name. If you double tap this, you can pick a display name to use, and that will be used across the site. So if you leave reviews, for instance, it'll be under your display name. I don't know what happens if you choose to volunteer to read for LibriVox. I don't know if you'll get to use a different name or if it'll be that name. So hopefully you can change it if you need to, if you've just got kind of something silly and you want something more realistic should you ever wish to volunteer. Books. Heading. Then we have the books heading. Languages. Button. This is languages. We'll look at that in a second. Family friendly. Family friendly. Switch button. Off. Logo. I have that turned off currently so I can read anything I want, but there is a family friendly option. About. Heading. And this is about, about the app. Comments and suggestions. You can leave your comments. About this app. There's the about the app one I just mentioned. About LibriVox. About LibriVox. Terms of service. Terms of service. Privacy policy. Privacy policy. Tab bar. Favorites. Tab. One of five. And we're back to the tabs. Let's go back though a minute. Books. Heading. Languages. Button. Two languages. I'm going to double tap on languages. Selected. Arabic. And you can actually choose which languages you want results to show up in. Languages. Heading. There's a heading. Select all. Button. Settings. Back button. You can select all. Select. Languages. Selected. Chinese. And you can unselect these. Selected. Chinese. Church Slavonic. Selected. Chinese. Selected. Chinese. Selected. Arabic. Selected. Chinese. Interestingly enough, there seems to be some strangeness with the selection process, though. For instance, let me show you. Selected. Church Slavonic. Selected. Danish. Selected. Danish. If I double tap Danish again. Church Slavonic. The one before it now appears to be unselected. So you could select all. Selected. Danish. I really don't know, though, how this seems to work. There was a select all button. Dutch. English. Finnish. English. Selected. English. I'm going to select English. Tab bar. Selected. Search. Collections. Catalog. Favorites. Ardu. Type. Telugu, Tamil. And then here's more languages that you can choose from. I thought there might be a save toward the bottom, but I'm going to go toward the top. Settings, back button, languages, heading, select all, button, Arabic. And then you have your list here. Chinese, Church Slavonic. So it seems to just take a second for things to kind of calm down and select properly. Selected, Danish. Danish is still selected, so I could probably double tap it now. Selected, Danish. And then go to the right. Dutch, selected. Finish. Selected. English. English is now selected. I'm going to go back left to see if Danish is still selected. Dutch. Selected. Danish. Church Slavonic. And it is. Selected. Danish. Even though I double tapped it to seemingly unselect it. I don't know. Anyway, English is selected. That's what's important to me. I'm not bilingual, unfortunately, at this point in my life. So I would probably only read primarily in English. I'm passable in German, but I don't think I would be reading full books in it. So I'm going to go back. Settings. Back button. Settings. Languages. Button. And interestingly enough, this time it actually put me on the languages button, which is cool. I also want to show you about LibriVox, because if you're unfamiliar with it, I think it's cool to learn a little bit about it. So let's go find that. Family friendly. Switch button. About. Heading. Comments and sit. About this app. About LibriVox. About LibriVox. Safari. About LibriVox. Safari. Bullet. List start. 
it's opened a page in Safari. So let's read about LibriVox. Free public domain audiobooks. Heading level two. Read by volunteers from around the world. Read. Heading level three. LibriVox audiobooks are read by volunteers from all over the world. Perhaps you would like to join us? Volunteer. Link. Listen. Heading level three. LibriVox audiobooks are free for anyone to listen to on their computers, iPods or other mobile device or to burn onto a CD. Catalog. Link. Menu. Heading level one. Skip to content. Link. Browse the... So it just tells you more about it, and this is the LibriVox website as it's being shown to me currently through Safari. And if I go to the address bar, address, LibriVox.org, secure, text field, it tells me that I am on LibriVox.org. So I'm going to go back to the app. App switcher, LibriVox, active, about, LibriVox, settings, heading. And I wasn't able to just scrub and go back into the app. It didn't close the page that way, so I had to use my app switcher. But that's not a problem. So this is your settings tab. There's not a lot you can do in here, but I did want to show it to you in case you want to do a little configuration before you begin. Now, the next logical place to go, I think, is catalog. Tab bar. Catalog. Tab. Two or five. Which is the second tab. I'm going to go to the top. Selected. Titles. Button. One of four. You have some filters here. Titles are selected by default. Authors. Button. Two or four. Authors. Readers. Button. Three or four. Readers, in other words, narrators. New, button, 404. And there's a new filter as well. So let me show you what happens because we've got titles selected by default. If I go to the right. Titles, heading, search, search field. You can search. End of the Island, version 2, Lucy Maud Montgomery, read by Karen Savage, button. Now that was something I was looking up earlier. So for some reason now it's showing for me at the top. Resume, button. And there's a resume button, so I can actually resume this title. Anne's House of Dreams, version 2, Lucy Maud Montgomery, read by Karen Savage, button. It thinks this might be something that I'm interested in. Rainbow Valley, version 2, Lucy Maud Montgomery, read by Karen Savage, button. I'm going through the end books again for the first time in 30 plus years. So it's very fun to be going through these again. And I decided to use LibriVox to have some of them read on audio. Sense and Sensibility, version 5, dramatic reading. Jane Austen, read by LibriVox volunteers, button. Peter Pan, J. M. Barry, read by LibriVox volunteers, button. Relove Ingleside, Lucy Maud Montgomery, read by Karen Savage, button. So some of these will change, apparently, depending on your history of what you've looked up. A Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens, read by LibriVox volunteers, button. End of Green Gables, version 3, Sense and Sensibility, Jane Austen. Further Chronicles of Avonlea, Lucy Maud Montgomery, Chronicles of Avonlea, Lucy Maud, what Katie did at school, Susan Coolidge, read by Karen Savage, button. I have no idea what this book is. Let's check it out. I'm going to go into it. Double tap. What Katie did at school. Titles. Back button. Here's our back button. Titles. Back button. I'm going to flick right. Share. Button. We have several things we can do here. I could share this title. So if I found this on LibriVox and wanted to share it with a friend, I could email them, I could text them, and I could share this information so that someone else could grab this title. What Katie did at school. Heading. There's the title. Susan Coolidge. Button. Susan Coolidge, the author, and I can double tap on her name to find more of her books. Read by Karen Savage. Button. Read by Karen Savage. And it may have recommended it to me because I've already favorited books that are narrated by Karen Savage, who, as you may have noticed, narrated some of the Ellen Montgomery books. And again, I can click on Karen's name to find more books that she's narrated. Listen. Button. Then we have Listen. So I could begin listening to this book automatically right away. And so I could stream it. Save. Button. Save is essentially favorite. I could favorite this book so that I could easily come back to it and it would show up in my favorites tab. I can also create other lists, which is pretty darn cool. So if I want to create a list, say, just for Anne books, you know, I can call them the Anne Shirley books or 
Ellen Montgomery books or however I want to think of it, I could make myself a list. Or books from my girlhood or, you know, whatever. You could come up with all kinds of things. Download button. Then, of course, there's download. If you download, you will be able to read this without an internet connection. So pretty cool if you're going on a trip. The continuing story of Katie Carr, recounting the time she spent at boarding school with her sister Clover. Summary by Karen Savage, 4 hours, 20 minutes. This is the summary, and the summary was written in this case by the narrator, and it tells you how long the book is. In this case, 4 hours, 20 minutes. I have never heard of this book, interestingly enough. If I move to the right, Chapters, button. I can view chapters. These are filters as well. So I can filter the chapters. Reviews button. I can read any reviews that have been written about this particular version of this book. Related button. And I can view related books, which is kind of cool. So if I want to learn more about these Katie books, I can view related content. Chapters is selected by default among these filters. It doesn't say it's selected, but it is. If I go to the right, I can show you. Comic section 2407. Download button. A New Year and a New Plan, 1859. Download button. Now, these don't say Chapter 1, Chapter 2, Chapter 3, but they are still sections of the book. On the way, 1604. Download button. And I can download any of these that I wish. So let's just say, oh, I'm just going somewhere and I'm going to be waiting in the car for 20 minutes or something. I could download a couple of these and take them with me and download them into my downloads. So that's an option for you. I'm going to go back. The continuing store download. The continue chapters, the con ch reviews, button, related, button. To related and show you that. Double related. And flick right. What Katie did next? Susan Coolidge, read by LibriVox volunteers, button. Clover, Susan Coolidge, read by Ellie, button. What Katie did, version two, Susan Coolidge, read by Karen Savage, button. Notice that many of these have different versions, version one, version two. I know Anne of Green Gables has about eight that I found so far. <laughs> so there are lots of versions for some books and only one for others. In the High Valley, Susan Coolidge, read by Ellie, button. What Katie did, Susan Coolidge, read by LibriVox Volunteers, button. A Little Country Girl, Susan Coolidge, read by Lynn T, button. So this gives you an idea of what you might see in related content. These are books by Susan Coolidge. If I did this in one of my Ellen Montgomery books, I might find other items by Ellen Montgomery, but I might also find items by Louisa May Alcott, for instance. The continuing story of Katie Carr, recounting, download, button. So I'm moving back to the left. Save, button. Listen, button. Read by Karen Savage, but Susan Coolidge, but what Katie did at school. Share, button. What Katie did at school, heading, titles, back button. And I was just familiarizing you a little more with how these pages work. I'm going to go back. Titles. What Katie did at school. Susan Coolidge. Read by Karen. Selected. Titles. Button. One of four. That's with titles selected as the filter at the top. But let's change it to authors. Authors. Button. Two. Selected. Authors. Two of four. And move to the right. Readers. But. New. Button. Authors. Heading. Search. Search field. Saw. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Button. Ja. Jane Austen. Button. CD. Charles Dickens. Button. And notice how this differs. Instead of seeing certain books, we're seeing certain authors. H.G. H.G. Wells. Empty. Mark Twain. Button. W.W. William Walker Atkinson. But W.D. Wallace D. Waddles. But A.R. Edgar Allan Poe. Button. So let's say we're in a Poe type of mood. I'm going to double tap this. Authors. Back button. And flick right. Favorite. Button. You can favorite Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. Heading. Share. Button. Share. Six Creepy Stories by Edgar Allan Poe. Read by Phil Genevert. Button. The Raven. Read by Chris Gorringe. Button. And of course, here are books. Twelve Creepy Tales. Read by LibriVox Volunteers. Button. 
The works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Volume 1, read by LibriVox Volunteers. Button. Let's say we're curious about this. Double tap. The works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Edgar Allan Poe, back button. Share, button. Flicking right. The works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Volume 1, heading. Edgar Allan Poe, read by Trisha. Download, button. Edgar Oops. Allan Poe, read by Trisha. 2037. And I somehow got a little farther than I wanted, so I'm going to go back. Download, button. Edgar Allan Poe, An Appreciation, read by Bob Newfeld, 1714. Related. Button. Reviews. Button. These are the tabs that I was talking about earlier. Chapters. Button. Where you can filter. This, the first of five volumes containing Poe's works, contains eight of his short stories as well as reflections, critiques, and eulogies by others. Ten hours, zero minutes. That's what I wanted to show you. The description. So let's say we wanted to start listening. Download. Button. Save. Button. Listen. Button. Again, I'm just flicking left. I'm going to double tap on listen. Listen. The works of Edgar Allan Edgar Allen Poe. Bob back Neufeld. button. The works of Edgar Allan Poe. Raven edition. Volume 1. Edgar Allan Poe. An appreciation. Share. The works of Edgar Allan Poe. Raven edition. The works of Edgar Allan Poe. Raven edition. Edgar Allan Poe. Button. Followed fast and Save. followed faster. Button. Till his Download. songs button. one burden bore. Now, I did a two-finger double tap to stop that, but I do want to show you what's on this screen. So this looks very similar to the previous screen. This, the first of five volumes, contains chapters. Button. Reviews. Button. Related. Button. You've still got these tabs. I'm going to go toward the bottom of the screen. The Unparalleled Adventures of One Harm's Fall, Part 1, read by Sandy Gunther, 39, 50. And I think I'm still in chapters. Download. Button. The Unparalleled Adventures of One Harm's Fall, Part 2, read by Dale Tabbar. Favorites. Tab. One of five. I found the tabs. Progress. Four percent. If I flick left from the tabs, I have progress. It tells me I'm 4% of the way through the book. The works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Volume 1, Edgar Allan Poe, An Appreciation. This is the chapter, or in this case, essay that I'm currently reading. Play. Button. Play. I can begin playback. Pause. Play. Blocks. Till the dirges of his hope, that melancholy burden bore, of never, never. Play. Blocks. Pause. Play. And I just double-tapped it again to pause. Download. Button. The Oval Portrait, read by C. L. W. Rollins, 833. And that is another one of the essays or chapters or stories in the book. So you don't have a lot here in terms of what you can do. However, let me show you the cool part. If I lock my screen and then go to my lock screen. 11.42 a.m. iPhone, Bob Newfeld, Edgar Allan Poe, an appreciation, play. It's showing me the essay. Track position, 46 seconds of 17 minutes, 14 seconds. Adjustable, go backward 15 seconds, button. I can Actions available. Rewind. Play. Button. Actions. Play. Go forward 15 seconds. Button. Actions available. And fast forward in 15 second increments. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to get out of this book. I'm going to have to unlock my phone first. 11.42 a.m. LibriVox. Edgar Allan Poe. Back button. Edgar Allan Poe. Before I do anything else, I'm going to go back to the top. Authors. Back button. Of this tab. Oops. Authors. I need to get out of Poe. Titles. Button. One of four. And change. Selected. Titles. One of four. Back to titles, because I personally prefer titles, but I can see where it might be useful if you're looking for a particular author to change it to authors and look for them that way. Don't forget you also have a search. However, let's talk a second about search. So if you choose to search using this app, one thing that I've noticed, or what it appears to be anyway, is that if you search for something, eventually you're going to come to something that says loading. And it's almost like there's another page there, but if you're scrolling, if you're using scroll commands, it looks like you're as far down as you can go. This loading thing never seems to change, and it seems like you're at the end of results. 
However, in some instances, it appears that there are more results that you can't get to or can't see. I don't know this for a fact. It just seems weird to me because sometimes I've seen certain versions of books and maybe one's been missing, like version one, and then I've seen three and four, but never two, if you're looking up a specific book, for instance. So that's just something to note. It's one of those little drawbacks that I've found when looking at this app. It could be potentially a figment of my imagination, but I don't think so. So in some instances, you may just need to look and check to see if LibriVox actually has a title that you know you're looking for. For instance, if you were doing what I was doing currently and looking through the Anne Shirley books, you would discover that there is no Anne of Wendy Poplars. No one has recorded that one for LibriVox. It isn't here. And after doing some perusal, I have discovered that. So if you're looking for it, it really doesn't seem to be here at all. However, you can find Screen multiple dimmed. versions of essentially everything else. Selected. Titles. Button. One of four. So let's revisit our tabs a second. Tab bar. Favorites. Tab. One of five. We'll go back to that one. Selected. Catalog. Tab. Collections. Tab. I'll let you explore that one on your own, but you can create collections and also view other people's public collections of various books that people decide to create. Search. Tab. Four of five. Let's look at the search tab next and go to the top with four fingers. Search. Heading. Search. Heading. Flick right. Search. Search field. There's your search field. Search authors, titles, keywords, and readers. You can even search by reader, which is cool. Play. Button. Play. And this is our play button. If we keep going right. The works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Volume 1, Edgar Allan Poe, and Appreciation. You can resume the last thing you were playing. Very cool. Progress. 5%. Tab bar. Favorites. Tab. One of five. So that's essentially what you have in the search tab. But let me just give you a quick show of what that's like. Search. Heading. Search. Search field. Insertion point at end. Search field so, is editing. Search. Character mode. Insertion points at start. I'm just going to start typing the name Emily. Cap D. Cap e. Search authors. Titles. Keywords. Cap E. Cap e. N. No. M. M. U. I. I. L. L. And I'm not going to finish typing. I'm going to go up above my keyboard. Search field is editing. Emil. Care. Search field. Search. Heading. Search. Uh -oh. Heading. I Search. may have mistyped something. Delete. L. Delete. I. Oh, I Delete. Did. M. Delete. Cappy. No, I didn't. Cappy. Cappy. M. M. I. I. L. L. Well, let's finish typing. Y. Y. Go up. Search field is editing. Emily. In clear text. Button. Cancel. Button. Selected. All. Button. Titles. Button. Two or four. And you can filter up here. You can filter by all. Titles. Authors. Button. Three or four. Authors. Readers. Button. Four or four. And even readers. Emily Climbs. Lucy Maud Montgomery and Roger Kipling. Button. If I go to the right, this is my first search result. And I haven't even actually done the search yet. These are things it's giving me as possibilities. Colin Finbo, Emily's Ghost. Button. Emily Climbs. Lucy Maud Montgomery. Emily. Teal McClanahan 3. Emily Climbs. Version 2. Lu Emily's Quest. Lucy Maud Montgomery, Emily of New Moon, Lucy Maud Montgomery, Emily Bronte, Agnes Mary Francis Robinson, read by Pamela Nagami, button. Angela, T. M. Nielsen, read by T. M. Nielsen, button. Emily Fox Seaton, Francis Hodgson Burnett, read by Caroline Driggs, button. All about Emily, button. So you could double tap any of these for more information, or you could just conduct your search by hitting the search button in the bottom right corner. Search. And you could double tap that to search as well. But I just wanted to give you some ideas what you could do in this search field. I don't really want to be here, though, so... Visible wide search field is editing. Clear text. Button. Search. Heading. Cancel. Button. I looked for the cancel button. I'm going to double tap. Cancel. Search. Heading. 
and I'm still in the search tab, but I didn't actually conduct that search. So you can filter in lots of different ways and find information useful and interesting for you. Now, let's go back to the tabs. Tab bar, favorites, tab one of five. Let me show you my favorites. So now I'm in my favorites tab. Favorites, button, one of three. And again, filtering options at the top. I can filter by favorites. Selected, recent, button, two of three. Recent, which is currently selected. Downloaded, button, three of three. And downloaded. So things that I've pressed save on to favorite, things that I've actually downloaded to my phone, and things that I've recently read. So let's say you've read something and you thought, oh crap, I meant to favorite that and didn't. You could come in here to recents and favorite it from there. You could get into it and favorite it. For instance, sort button. Oh, you could also sort. That's cool. Recent heading. The works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, Volume 1, Edgar Allan Poe, read by LibriVox volunteers. Button. Actions available. You, Resume button. You have this one. There are actions available. Delete. Activate. Default. Delete. You could delete or activate. But if you activated it and went into it and you wanted to favorite it, you could absolutely do so. Right now, it's not favorited. It's just showing in my recents. So that's one recent that I've looked at. Or if I keep going to the right. End of the Island, version 2, Lucy Maud Montgomery, read by Karen Savage, button, actions available, the Island. resume, button, play, button, play, the works of Edgar Allan Poe, Raven Edition, volume 1, Edgar Allan And there is my play button for the Poe that we were just in. Notice it did not show me the Katie book that we were in because I never began playing it. So let's go back to the top of this tab. Favorites, button, one of three. And double tap this favorites. Selected, favorites, one of three. Go to the right. Recent. Button. Two. Downloaded. Button. Three of. Sort. Button. Favorites. Heading. This is now turned into a favorites heading. Emma. Jane Austen. Read by Sherry Crowther. Button. End of Avonlea. Version 2. Lucy Maud Montgomery. Read by Karen Savage. Button. Flower Fables. Louisa May Alcott. Read by LibriVox Volunteers. Button. These are Actions my favorites. Available. Play. Button. Play. And then I'm back to my play button for Poe. Let's look at downloads. Recent. Button. Downloaded. Button. Three. Selected. Downloaded. Three of three. Double tap that. Go to the right. Sort. Button. Downloaded. Heading. End of the Island. Version 2. Lucy Maud Montgomery. Read by Karen Savage. Button. And there is available. End of the Island. I actually did download that one. Resume. Button. And I Actions available. It. Short story collection volume. 004. Various. Read by LibriVox volunteers. Button. Actions available. And this is a short story collection that I also downloaded. The Alpine Path. The story of my career. Lucy Maud Montgomery. Read by LibriVox volunteers. Button. Oh, Actions available. That one. Play. Button. Play. And then there's my play button. I didn't actually play the Alpine Path or this short story collection, so there are no resume buttons. The here. Alpine Path. The sto short story collection volume. Resume. Button. But there Actions is available. one for... End of the Island. Version 2. End of the Island. Let me show you the sort options here. Downloaded. Heading. Sort. Button. Sort. Alert. Sort by. Ellipsis. Name. Button. Recent. Button. Recent. Button. Name. Button. So we have name and recent. Sort by. Ellipsis. So that's pretty cool. Sort by. Ellipsis. Now, how do I get out of it? Sort by. Ellipsis. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Let's see if I can dismiss. Aries. Hmm. Visible Wi-Fi. Don't think it's letting me dismiss that. Sometimes when you jump into these, you kind of need to know what you're doing. I'm going to leave the app. App Switcher. LibriVox. Active. Name. Button. Sort by. Ellipsis. App Switcher. LibriVox. Active. Closing LibriVox. App Switcher. Safari. Active. Open LibriVox. LibriVox. Favorites. Button. One of three. 
I actually closed the app and reopened it because I did not want to necessarily change my sort order. I did want to tell you the other thing that I don't like about the app. You may be able to guess what it is from having listened to the little bit of the Poe essay that I played. There is no speed control. So that is an unfortunate thing and, you know, can't really do anything about that. Other than that and what I was saying about the weird results thing, this is a really cool app. Really, really like it. Liked it enough to go ahead and pay not to get ads because I think I will use it. And in many cases, these volunteers are very, very good. So I probably won't want to speed them up too much anyway, generally speaking. And you can always fast forward and rewind in 15 second increments if you wish to do so. So that's pretty cool as well. I'm really happy with it. I really like it. I think it's neat and thought that you might enjoy it as well. I want to show you one more thing real quick. Tab bar. Search. Tab. Fourth settings, tab five of five. Let's go back into settings. I wanted to show you this subscriptions thing because if you don't like the ads, I just want to show you how it works. Selected settings, tab account, heading, subscriptions, button, loading, ellipsis, settings, back button. Yours may not say subscriptions. It may say something like remove ads. Mine now says subscriptions because I have. And free subscriptions, heading, monthly subscription, 49 cents. So you can pay $0.49 cents a month. Yearly subscription, $2.49. Or $2.49 a year, which is what I did, to remove ads. Payments will be charged to your Apple ID account at the confirmation of purchase. Subscription automatically renews unless it is canceled at least 24 hours before the end of the current period. Your account will be charged for renewal within 24 hours prior to the end of the current period. You can manage and cancel your subscriptions by going to your account settings on the App Store after purchase. By subscribing, you agree to our Terms of Service link and Privacy Policy link, period. So I just wanted to show you that if you don't like the ads. They are pretty annoying. Tab bar. Favorites. Tab. One of five. And then you're back to your tabs. Settings. Back button. Settings. Subscriptions. Button. And I just backed out of that subscriptions area, but I did want to show it to you if you do want to get rid of your ads. So LibriVox. L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X. Pretty cool. And I thought you might enjoy learning more about it. So if classic lit is your thing and you want to snuggle up sometime this summer or lay on the beach and read yourself some Jane Austen or some Poe if it's that kind of day or a Bronte or whomever, then you can do so. Or you can revisit your girlhood if you're like me and reread the Anne books because that is pretty fun. Just know that you're going to have to go somewhere like Gutenberg to get one of them. LibriVox, unfortunately, even in the public domain, doesn't have everything. However, I know so many people who want that human narrated speech, and you will get that with LibriVox titles. Enjoy! Happy reading! Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us and listening to Kim's demo and just us having a good time. And we may have some other things to talk about next time regarding the way that things were and the way that they currently are <laughs> now. <laughs> yes, we have a little adventure planned and we're going to tell you more about it next time and about the way things were versus the way things are. And in this instance, the way things are now are way, way better. So we'll be excited to tell you more about that next time. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and wish to experience less stress and more fun on your unique assistive technology journey, our comprehensive audio documentation and additional offerings are here to support you. We welcome your visit at mysticaccess.com. 
That's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have comments to share about this episode, follow our phone menu prompts to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com and connect with us on social media, Mastodon, mysticaccess.online and facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Anyone may explore our extensive archives and subscribe to receive our bi-weekly episodes at mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our content, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for spreading the word and for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you.